Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Moyle. Um, and today we have, as, as usual, a very special, uh, very special guest. We have a man by the name of Stuart Heritage. Hi, Hello. Stuart, Stuart is, um, is a journalist, a writer, a broadcaster, an author, um, and also a bloke I've known for a little while. Uh, through through this crazy media business, and also a father of two. Hello, Stuart. Hello. I said hello way too early. Then Sorry. that's all right. That's right. Hello. Hello. We'll, just, we'll just crack on. You know, yeah. it's absolutely fine. Um, Stuart, what are the? Um, how old are your kids? I've got two boys. I've got a uh, three-year-old and one who is nine months old next week. Okay, I think. Herbie's the oldest one, Ned's the youngest one. Herbie and Ned. Yeah, I like that. that's nice. Good names. Solid interesting, names. Interesting names. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're going to get strong characters at school. I think they're going to they're going to take a lot. Yeah. But they'll come out of it strong. Yeah. That's yes. our attitude. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What, what's your um uh, in terms of the work you've done, Stu? In terms of mm. the, the books you've written and the podcasts you present, you you are something of a uh, have become something of a parenting expert, I suppose. Oh, yeah, expert's a strong word. But, um, <laughs> in the same way that Steve and I are parenting experts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <We're> just, <laughs> just, just, just expert in the sense that someone talks about the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Gove's kind of expert. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are experts. We just like to witter on about yeah, the subject. Yeah, it's, it's my favourite thing to talk about at the moment. My fa- yeah. like, when I started, I wrote a lot about television. But since I've had kids, I just... Because yeah. it's just such a whole new... Yeah. Thing to sort of get your head around, and I know I had a column in the Guardian where yeah. I wrote about my first kid, and all the comments every week were always, "You're not the first person who ever had a kid." Yeah. So I do get that a bit. That's yeah, you do feel that doing the podcast as well that you kind of talk to people who are a bit older than you or got older kids than you, and you it's like you're telling them something. You're like, "Yeah, we, we know that," <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. why it's called first time dads yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's for people generally who are first time parents. It's why I essentially treat this almost like free therapy. It's just like catharsis. We sit here and unload about the sort of various stresses and strains of being a dad, um, and actually, I. I, I, I so I suspect you were quite similar in the sense I'll just write about this oh yeah yeah of my yeah I could I I would probably have some sort of therapist but I can make money from it instead <laughs> no. I can bottle it up and let it out <laughs> and make some money which is also segues us onto our subject today which is you know we're dads we are talking about being dads we all three of us had dad yep um, presumably who didn't sit around together talking about being dads. That's More such a weird likely, thing to imagine. My yeah. dad in a group of dads going, yeah. oh, there's a, have you seen that new Ikea cop? <laughs> yeah. I can't, that's the last no. thing in the world he'd ever do. Well, exactly. I yeah. think, and there is, there is, a, a, I suppose, as Steve was saying, our subject today is really the generational gap, I suppose. Because I'm, I'm very curious about the difference between us as dads and the previous generation, i.e. our fathers, yeah. Because it feels to me like that difference is, you know, like night and day almost yeah. to a certain extent. Whereas, has there been that previous, that sort of scale of leap between generations of, of fathers beforehand? I'm not sure if there has been. I don't think there has been. Um, my dad's dad was in the war. Yeah. So that was, that's, mm. he wasn't around he, it less because he was abroad for, mm. for a lot of it. And then, yeah, my dad is 
Well, you uh, before we started recording, you were saying about mm. shared parental leave. Yeah. My dad, uh, when I said I was going to take a fortnight off, he was like, "What? <laughs> what are you going to do that for? That's that's not how men work." I think I I don't know how long. I think when my younger brother was born, he took a bit longer off because he had to actually physically look after me. Yeah. But when I was born, he was back to work pretty much that before afternoon. I was out. Yeah. That, that used to be how it was, I think, didn't yeah, it? I think it was. Yeah, used yeah. to, you know pop up to the hospital have a cigar <laughs> yeah. uh, and then go back to work yeah. and people you know maybe a secretary might ask the dad what he had if you knew yeah. my, my dad matter. talks about when my older, my sister's the oldest I'm, I'm one of four and my sister's the oldest and when my sister was born my dad talks about how he had to physically persuade the people at the hospital to let him in to the, to really? the, to the delivery room because it was quite a, I mean you're talking about yeah. you know more than 40 years ago but apparently it was such an unusual thing they were a little bit perturbed like, what, do, what do you mean you want to come into the delivery my room dad, like, well, I, I want to see my child board. my dad got asked to leave because he was really? turning a bit green <laughs> <laughs> we do not need vomit on the floor yeah, well, we, don't, we don't need to pass out yeah, I think yeah. more more of the it was the concern um, but yeah very very different to my experience which is you know being there making sure you get a good look around at everything yeah. that's going on yeah. you know it's a uh, I'm curious about it. My second, but uh, my my second birth, my wife's second birth. I <laughs> didn't get to. I couldn't be there because uh. Um, uh, it all went really wrong very quickly, and she had to have general anaesthetic. Okay. So oh, wow. I sort of followed them into the theatre, and someone had to put their hand on my shoulder and be like, "No, this is a general anaesthetic. This is sort of only essential personnel can be here. Yeah. You have to go and sit in a room." And we'll Wait. tell you. We'll tell you when it's done. Pace up and stressful. down, crushing coffee cups. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was horrible. Really, yeah, like, I really didn't like it because um, I, I didn't like yeah. knowing. You need to know what's going on. Was, yeah. yeah. And but that's how men used to do it all the time. They used to just sit in a room and someone would come through and be like, "Hey, here's a boy. Look I at took, him through this sheet of glass." I took a video because when Ben, my boy, was born, it was it ended up being an emergency cesarean. So I had that thing, not, not to the degree yeah. you had, I must say, but it, it was like, there was a half hour period which felt like about three hours because it was the middle of the night. It was two in the morning. Oh, I remember Lindsay getting wheeled away and suddenly I'm in scrubs and I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? And I've got that weird, you know, the weird little blue paper <laughs> yeah. thing on your head. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a massive head. It looked really bizarre anyway. And then I was sat in a corridor and because it was the middle of the night there was literally no one there and I've still got it I took a video like a selfie video which is the only time I've ever done this in my entire life and I sat there talking into my phone I think just to kind of stop myself going right. loopy because it was this big empty white corridor it felt I a bit Kubricky need... and it was like yeah. really really weird yeah. um, really oh. really peculiar but like you say that, that must have been it was long it felt like it was a long time and then because she was in um, under anaesthetic she took a couple of hours to come round so I was the first still the first parent to see the baby yeah. and I had to just hold him mm. for ages but it felt even before seeing him it felt like such a long time mm. That's so bizarre, and isn't it? they kind of they wheeled him down the corridor in a cot and I just I pelted up to see him it was yeah, yeah. everyone alright now though yeah Every, yeah everyone's yeah. fine now it's uh both of our births have been oh, our births. I'm doing it again. Both of my wife's births. <laughs> this is the modern way. Yeah. We're all in it yeah, together. We're pregnant. We're I'm, yeah. I'm the best. My pregnancy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were both emergency cesareans, so okay, I was expecting yeah. it to go a bit wrong the same okay. time. It just went. But every, yeah, it's everyone's. But it is bizarre, no. isn't it, that we we take it as red now? I mean, you wouldn't expect any new father to not be there when the, yeah. when, oh, when you, the child's born yeah, you would you, just take it as red you yeah, would be in the room you would be there to support yeah, your the partner the expectation is you're going to be yeah. there as a dad and also we you know 
we see it on one born every minute, don't we? Yeah. You see that that some of the best bits is the dad's reaction, yeah, yeah. isn't it? When, but when in terms of that. the history of childbirth, you know, it's actually you're talking about in the very recent past that that expectation's flipped. Because if you go back fifty years, the expectation was not that you'd be like I said yeah. from my dad's own yeah. experience. You know, that back then the expectation was you wouldn't be in the room. So if you go back over the course of the last several hundred years, that's a very new phenomenon mm. that we we are actually expected to be in the room now. Yeah, I think it's a good thing though. I, I agree completely. Yeah, it's I just odd that. What has caused? I suppose we're getting a bit existential here. But what has caused this? This is why you get the award nomination. (laughs) 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 Well, pretending I know what I'm talking about, not a bloody clue. Um, But it's odd, isn't it, that that shift has happened so recently? And what's caused that? You know how how it affects us all. Because I do think my my dad talks about the amount of pressure that he sees myself and my two brothers are under in terms of work and the combination yeah. and needing to be there and what not just needing but wanting to be there and be as involved as possible and my dad was as involved as he could be but he was away travelling a lot yeah. for business um, when we were all little um, so he I think he's admitted to me you know he can see the difference and the amount of stress we're all under because it's it's kind of different to how how things were for, for him and men of his generation it'd be the 70s wouldn't it yeah, it'll be, always blame the 70s. It'll be the 70s that changed it, you know, kind of everyone's a bit more chilled out, relaxed, you know, the angst of the 60s and the excitement. Over, everyone wants to get a bit more, you know, touchy-feely, mm, yeah. you know, uh, uh, sort of everyone's eating yogurt and <laughs> to, yogurt. Uh, That's your definition <laughs> of the 1970s. Lentils, hell. You know that kind of stuff. That's I'm sure, that'll be where it where it stems I'm, from. I have no doubt. I'm sure. So you tell a great story about your your dad recently. I know I know you sadly lost your mum last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you you kind of found out a bit about your dad in the aftermath, I suppose. Yeah, it's been it's he was very um, like he he worked abroad for a few years um, and he 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 was a plumber. Mm-hmm. He's re- just re- just retired just before my mum died last year. So he would leave the house at sort of five o'clock in the morning, get back at nine, and that was his day. We'd see him a little bit in the morning, maybe a little bit in the evening, and he'd be exhausted. Um, and now we've got, he's got grandkids, and he's pretty much the one grandparent to our, to, mm. to our kids. Uh, he's, he keeps saying, like, oh, this is what it's like. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he missed our childhood through work and just sort of oh. having to be the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 so lovely because he loves being a grandparent, and he's yeah. he he really gets in there, and he changes nappies, and he puts them to bed. Um, so yeah, it's that. I mean, of of it, there are not a lot of positives to having a parent die, mm. but no. seeing him step up in a way that I don't think he would have done if my mom was still around. He he would have mm. hidden behind yeah. her and let mm. her do all the all the yeah. grunt work. So you, I mean, you you, you wrote a, a great piece that I read recently where you describe how basically your dad let your mum do the parenting. Yeah, or everything. He didn't know, genuinely didn't know how to use a cash machine. He had to lear- learn how to use a cash machine. He phoned up my aunt, my mum's sister, to ask where men buy clothes. Because he'd never bought clothes for himself, never packed a suitcase. Just wow. recently, he went on holiday a couple of weeks ago and was like, "I just packed a suitcase." <laughs> Dad, you're 68 years old. This Brilliant. is, um, yeah. And he he rang me up right after my mum's funeral, and he said, "I think he was in a bank, and he had to sort out some sort mm. of thing." And he had he was like, "I've got two questions. I'm really embarrassed." And I was like, "Oh, what is it?" First one was he didn't know what my date of birth was, so I had to tell him. And he's like, "All right, um, well, this is this is going to sound bad as well." Do you have any middle names? 
Jesus. And it's yeah, my middle name is Michael. His name's Michael. You would have thought if anything stuck. I am stuck, named after you, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he I, I, he's a little bit embarrassed about that. Yeah. But he's stepped up so hard in the last few months. He's amazing. He's doing really I, well. I remember my so my dad was born in 1924, so he was a lot older than my mum. And he had me when he was 49. Wow. And, wow. And my brother when he was 51. Um, yeah, which is which that. is old, oh. old quite yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it meant that he, when we were teenagers, he was retiring. Yeah. So he had like we had a diff, he had a di- different kind of t- sort of experience of us as young people, and also, you know, my I remember my mum being ill in the hospital, and my dad having to take over the cooking. <laughs> yeah. And he would cook like you cook on TV. So he cut everything up and put it in little bowls. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and then follow the recipe through, tipping the little bowls oh. in, just like a TV yeah, chef yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And nice. it was just sweet. But he'd have his go-to recipes that he knew how to cook. Because mm. he was a bachelor for quite a long time before uh, he met my mum. And uh, so I wasn't married before. And I think lived basically in a rented house in two rooms, like the bedroom and the kitchen. Yeah. And would just like have get home from the pub or playing darts or whatever and cook like sausages and eggs in a frying pan and so we started to have that kind of stuff again like corned yeah. beef hash yeah, you nice. know those those yeah. kind of easy easy dishes but it kind of all goes but the stories that both of you guys have told there both kind of show that it's not that men of previous generations were incapable yeah. obviously, obviously they were as capable as any of us in terms of you know whether it be, uh, your dad has stepped up now because he's needed to yeah. and, you know your mm. dad when he needed to was able to do all those things it's more it's more that the, they didn't need to step up yeah I think because, the expectations always that yeah. you go to work and you, you can pay for everything and everything else will be taken care of yeah. I think that's that's what the and, and dad seemed to be doing that you know in fact we're having this podcast more and more you know, like now, yeah. you know, and I wonder when uh, your boys, you know, my kids and, and, and Rich will look back in years to come about us as dads when they've grown, what they'll think about that, whether we'll be equally as, you know, uh, like not dinosaurs, but yeah. they'll be like, oh my, oh my God, what you, you mean you didn't like split your parental leave yeah. down the middle with mum yeah, or yeah, you know you said something in, a, in one of our very early podcasts when we were talking about shared parental leave and you said it feels like Steve's on the right side of history yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I wonder as we go forward if it will just be you know well, I mean, hopefully we had Joe Swinson on the other, other week on the podcast talking about how we need to change yeah the minister um, who introduced it all oh right yeah, yeah, yeah parental yeah. leave um, saying like hopefully you know we'll just change it'll become the norm yeah. it'll become mm. that dads are involved all the time and you know Jackson and Iris will look back and say oh, you know Dad, you did a bit but you know come yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> you'll be busy so, I was a groundbreaker yeah. I was an innovator <laughs> <laughs> I was on the board Vanguard yeah yeah Dad it whatever. does still feel very uh, unbalanced when I go to a playground or oh god I, I took Kirby to the cinema a few weeks ago mm. and I was the only dad mm. in the cinema in the week just, yeah I see yeah. if you go on a Saturday I bet it would be different Probably, but then in my head I'd be like, "You're just a weekend." I do this this every day. See, I I am the dinosaur in the room here because you two are both, I think, slightly more not not progressive. That's perhaps a bit unfair on me, but I think the reality is you you guys probably do that. Whereas I am in a more, I suppose, I don't want to say old-fashioned marriage because that sounds terrible. You're more like your dad. I am. Maybe I am. And the thing is, I do look back with a little bit of 
if I'm brutally honest, I look back at, with a little bit of envy at previous generations of men because I'm doing everything I can do mm. because I know I need to do that for you know for my wife first and foremost and for my kids secondly because I want to be as involved as possible. I want to be there and I want to be doing that. But there is a part of me, uh, there's you know, and whether it's from watching things like Mad Men and Sopranos and all the rest of it, of that that kind of have that sort of nostalgic envy for that. Oh God, they might. Oh God, men in the fifties, they had it sweet, didn't they? You know that. that I mean, they, and they, to be fair, they did. Yeah, it wasn't right necessarily. Um, a lot. I mean, of it, it, it it was right for them, but right for them yeah. at the but time. It wasn't great, yeah. for and you wouldn't the women. Exactly, my point it? precisely. So there's kind of that thing where I know what we're doing is the right thing. Mm. But there's a bit, of, there's a selfish part of me that thinks, God, that would have been. No, nice, yeah, that was coming home from work and putting your feet up and not having to do anything. That must have been, a, that must have been a right touch. That would have been lovely. I just so there a is a bit of envy there, knowing that that was that we're, we're better off where we are now. But I kind of think, oh God, that would have been nice. Oh yeah, I had, oh, I, I've been uh, when my mum died. I did this train for this long walk, this sort of twenty-six hour endurance walk, which was two weekends ago. I just lost a toe now, just this morning. Okay. That's good news, isn't it? Lovely. Um, uh, but I, it meant I had to. It was on the Isle of Wight, so I had a couple of nights away from the kids, and I was a bit like, "Oh, oh, this yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it's like. Oh, this is quite travel. nice." Yeah. That's all right, and then it? I got back, and my wife was just frantic, and yeah, yeah. the kids have been screwing her around, and she was just tired. So yeah, they, they, you, you get guilt for sort of. That's it. That's yeah. it. In a nutshell, Ta- having yeah. leisure time, any leisure time at all, to yourself. It almost feels like that is part of the modern dadding experience is the guilt and actually how you mm. how you use that and you say okay because I think all of us are aware that we want to be doing as much as we can for the benefit of partners and children but there is almost that kind of where, whereas perhaps in the past there wasn't that guilt because there wasn't the expectation yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like no no my role as the father is to go to work and pay the bills your role as the mother is to stay at mm. home and look after mm. the kids so there wasn't any guilt whereas now it almost feels to me and I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts that there's guilt from both sides yeah. so the dad feels guilty because he's not doing enough of the home stuff and the mum feels guilty because she's not doing enough to push herself at work etc etc and so if you're in one of those conventional conventional old fashioned whatever you want to call it relationships where the mum's doing most of the home stuff and the dad's doing most of the work both of you now end up feeling guilty yeah. for it in some sort of way. So I, I wonder how... I don't know how you resolve that. No, and I, I wonder if you are a dad who wants to work yeah. but is unable to work because you're unemployed, whether how that works oh, with, yeah. with the childcare yeah. and you know whether you do just end up yeah, doing yeah. The, the parenting mm. or whether those traditional... Um, roles that you've described or feelings still kind of exist. I'm, I'm, mm. I suspect they do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how you cope with them, isn't it? That's yeah. the, how do you process them? That's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult. And especially, I think um, it's still a very male thing to have your identity wrapped up in your job. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, something my dad struggled with because he retired, and so he was like, "Oh, I'm not a plumber anymore. I'm just a, a retiree." And then my mum died, and he was like, "Well, I haven't even got the the structure." Yeah. God, so I hadn't thought about it like that, but that must be for all of those things to happen at once. Yeah, it does completely change your identity, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and he had well, almost like they got married young, so they were fifth, they had fifty years together. Yeah. So it was all tied in as the same thing. He yeah. was a plumber and a husband, and it's all, you know, it, it, it fell. Up. It's it's come together, but it men seem to like it simpler, don't we? We like it simpler. We like straight lines. We. We like to be able to go, right, okay, I'm defined by my relationship, I'm defined by my job. That's right, that's that simple. Mm, I definitely describe myself like that. Now I can concentrate on, you know, who do I support? What kind of food do I like? Yeah. Where do I like going? You know, 
I like those boxes that I can yeah. put stuff in. And I guess if your two big boxes are working, your relationship and they both yeah. go, or, or even just one of them goes, it, it, you know, you, you can find yourself drifting around a bit. Yeah. And I wonder if that's. It seems to me that men who are widowed marry quickly, quickly, yeah, to fill that box in a way that women don't seem to, yeah. to do that because they're more comfortable or maybe they just feel like they've been released from yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they don't have to <laughs> look after not, someone not bloody ever. doing that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no I think statistically men always remarry a lot quicker because I don't know they need the, the support yeah of, of, of the home life I guess I'm very much looking forward to seeing who my new mum's going to be <laughs> really excited <laughs> I think there's, there's a few there's already a few candidates oh, oh, we're, not sure. we're not sure we're not sure not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned something about um, your dad kind of throwing himself into being a grandfather, mm. which is really interesting because my dad's I, something that me and my siblings laugh about all the time is the difference between my dad as a grandfather as he was to a father. So there's a constant conversation of where was this soft mushy bloke when when, when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, because you know my dad could be my, da- my dad was always very fair and he was always really good to us, but he could be quite strict mm. at times. You know, like he, as, as I think most men of his generation yeah. could be, like he wouldn't take any nonsense. So sometimes you look at the way he is with his grandkids now, because some you know some of his grandkids are getting to an age now where they're sort of pushing their luck a little bit, and um, and he's so, he's just a big cuddly teddy bear. Do you know? What I mean? And it's like, where were you? Where was this guy when I was ten? Like, where, where was this bloke? You know. Um, but it's funny how that sort of that, I, and I wonder yeah. how much of that is getting softer with age, or how much that is to do with the difference in roles. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know, and how, yeah. or how much that is to do yeah. with seeing how we are as fathers with our kids, and does that influence see, I rem- that kind of behaviour? I, re- I remember my one of my dad's relatives telling me that my dad had quite a tough childhood. I mean, he was, as I say, born in like 1924. Yeah. He was the youngest of five kids and youngest by like 10 years, the next one closest. So he was like one of those accident kids. Um, and he lived in a house with his mum and dad after all the other kids had left. Right. And oh, his dad was like strange, a, yeah. a, a, lab- a manual a labourer. Yeah. And, you know, a tough from what I can gather, pictures I've seen of him like a tough man, not, you know, and I think he he, he probably, my dad was definitely caned, definitely oh. got belted when he was younger, you know, because it was that time, mm. it, yeah, you, yeah. you know, think about it, like 1930s, yeah. you know, and you've got a Victorian uh, dad, cause yeah, my, yeah. my granddad yeah. would have been Victorian, yeah. um, and I, some, one of my dad's relatives said he didn't, he never wanted to have the same relationship with you and your brother that he had with his dad. He, he was, did not want to be a dad like he was dadded if you like and just hearing Rich talk about his dad you I wonder how much of you you see in yourself Mm. of your dad because uh, you know I can imagine you're being you're being quite strict with Ben to a degree just from like the way that we talk about Ben it's a constant debate with with my wife because she's always you know, she wants to be very gentle and loving around him, as do I. But there are times where, and the one I found myself doing, and I don't know where, and I, well, I know exactly where it's come from. It's come from my dad, where I hear myself barking, "Enough!" 
<laughs> and honestly, and I do it, and I, I like when he's yeah. just been white, and I'm, and sometimes it, I don't, I don't even sense yeah, it yeah. coming. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm standing there, and I'm trying to be the. Come on, sir. Come on, everything's okay. Da, 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 da. And then eventually, there'll just be something goes, and I write, right, enough. <laughs> and that's it. And, and suddenly, and then he kind of his face crumples, and yeah, I feel yeah. bad. And then my wife is like, "Don't yell at him." I'm like, "I yeah, wasn't yeah. yelling at him." And it, and it is. That. I get that. Don't speak to him like that. Yeah. I can hear you speaking to yeah. him yeah, like yeah, that. Too, don't speak. Too. Don't speak to him like that. Yeah, that's yeah. reassuring to hear both of you. Um, Zoe, if you listen to this, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> the yeah. only one yeah, yeah. that does it. We all do it. Because I can find it. myself going, Jason, yeah. Oh, you know, but then we do have to live by different limitations in the sense that you, you're talking about your dad getting caned. Uh, my mum and dad have both talked. Uh, I've heard stories about them being at school when they were in, uh, you're talking about the 50s, 60s, and the kids were getting belted. Yeah, so you'd be, yeah. they were at school in Scotland. I mean, I got. And you'd get, and it was a thing. You know, you'd have to go up to the front of the class and you'd get a belt yeah, on across wow. the hand. Yeah, yeah. Now I you mean, imagine I got a crack that today. across the back of the legs a few times from my dad growing up. Yeah, you oh, know, really? properly. Oh, I like, think I know, did as well, yeah. A, a, a yeah. whack. Yeah. And it used to be, you know, I say used to be, makes it sound like it's a, it was a regular. I have strong memories of like my dad, like me winding my mum up. My dad sitting on the paper, and my dad going, putting the paper down and getting up, and me going, (laughs) (laughs) scooching out of the run, and my dad like chasing me up the stairs, and me going in, closing the door. But if if you think my dad was brought up like that, yeah. I mean, you know, but I'm not going to hold it against but him. But then this goes back to my original point. Why are we the ones breaking the cycle? Do you see what I mean? In mm. the sense that my, I, I know my dad would have got the odd slap when he was a kid. Not slap, that sounds terrible. But the odd, you know, the, the odd belt across the legs or whatever. Yeah. And I definitely did as a kid, mm. as did all my siblings. And not to any not to any worrying extreme. It was just part of... I think we're just developing, hopefully, as a, 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 as a westernised... The, the West is developing into a kind of... has developed beyond aggression being the answer... The solution, you know, aggression mm. and discipline and that kind of stuff is not the way that the Western world generally works these days. Yeah, unless you're in the White House, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. The, but yes, I know, I take your point. And I think, but I wonder what it's like in, I mean, I, I'm going to sound potentially really out of touch. I wonder what it's like in behind the old Iron Curtain, you know, how parenting happens mm. there when it seems to be much stricter society if there's a kind of, like, if young boys and girls live in quite strict houses if there's if you know what the cultural norm is for disciplining children that kind of stuff if anyone's listening in Russia (laughs) please drop us an email first time dads (laughs) at (laughs) reachplc.com we'd be delighted we'd be fascinated to hear or even you know we've got some listeners in uh, uh, Far East yeah yeah, we do haven't we Um, I used to work in Korea I used to be an English teacher in Korea and I could see some of the family dynamics there and that seems to be very split down the middle Um, uh, it's the mums who do everything and the dads who there's a whole weird work culture where like going out drinking is a a big big thing so they barely see their, these kids barely see their dads and that was quite that was only like 15 years ago mm. Mm. Uh, uh, strange yeah. I mean I, I, to go back to the the sort of kids getting I, I hate using the term kids getting hit because that makes it sound like child abuse but in terms but it is. of well, but in terms of the you know, like belt across their legs and stuff the fact that that's always been I suppose until until our generation of dads, that has pretty much always been fairly prevalent. I would say, yeah. and that again feels like quite a lot of pressure on us as a generation of fathers to be the first ones to say absolutely not. Because I think we'd all yeah. agree, like none of us would ever lay a hand aggressively mm, on no, our kids. No. I, I, I won't certainly. No. And 
that's quite a big leap because you're suddenly talking about that's always been a way of you know giving child discipline which yeah. I think we all disagree with but to be the first sure group of dads to say you know as a generation to say no 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 we don't do that I'm sure some academic has written a paper on this which is no traces doubt, yeah. it back yeah. to like you know uh, class structure and like you know, the military and going through wars and yeah. seeing I'm out, sure, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff and, and particularly people going away to boarding schools and things like that where you're disciplining children which you haven't got an emotional attached they're not yeah, children yeah, yeah. and you've got to bring kids into line that you know you don't to play devil's advocate right and I'm not saying this is my my point of view but there is a there is a which means <laughs> yeah. subtext yeah. <laughs> this is which this is what which really thinks no but there, there, there are times where I, you know I I, I, I personally, I don't know if you guys are the same, but I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself as a dad, right? Mm. So I, I'm constantly beating myself up for, for things I've done or said or shouldn't have done or should have done or whatever it might be. I'm constantly like second-guessing myself. But the, what, the thing I often come back to is, well, there's been you know, generations and generations of kids beforehand who've turned out all right. I turned out all right. Yeah. You all turned out all right. And you know, you know what I mean? So there's, there's this kind of in terms of that sort of very modern expectation of how you treat your kids mm. it's like well yes I, yes I agree with all of it I think that is all for the best but you know kids that were raised 100 years ago didn't all turn out to be complete lunatics no no. but <laughs> that's not to say everyone's alright I no, no, had indeed, this thing indeed. like we're, we're potty training our oldest we, it's a bit late but we're, we're doing it and I was like oh it's going to figure it out at some point and then you think oh no there are people who do still wet the bed adults who wet the yeah. bed yeah. Um, and f- meal times He's, he can be a fussy eater sometimes and you think oh, he'll come round but then there's, there used to be like some BBC3 documentary about people who don't eat buttons or car yeah, tyres yeah, yeah, or something yeah, exactly. so I was like alright so maybe we do have to do a bit of work yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true, yeah. That's yeah, true. I, I, think, I think you do have to um, shove them in the right direction certainly yeah I think yeah, you you it's, it's a case of removing bits as much as it is putting bits in so keeping you know like we have this conversation about sugar mm sugar in in Jackson's diet and like so there is sugar in his diet because he has honey which is a sugar and you know some foods that he has like cereal we try and keep stuff out that's good but I'm not going to give him stuff that is very clearly refined white sugar Mm. and I'm not going to give him ice cream every day and he's not going to have chocolate bars every day Mm. and that's you know, we can. We remember Zoe and I when we were Jackson quite young we went to a swimming pool with him and there was a girl at the swimming pool who had the worst teeth you've oh, ever really? seen in your life like black and she must have been about six yeah. um, and we just taken Jackson for his first trip to the dentist and there was a bit of like I'm sat there with him on my lap and then I look at his mouth thinking what are they going to find mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and is this going to be a bad but I mean he was fine it was like clean but there is a bit of yeah. parenting in that respect that you've got yeah you're limiting yeah you're limiting you've got to make decisions stuff. for yeah. them yeah yeah but they you know that's so my constant battle with Ben at the moment is don't eat everything you pick up off the floor. That's <laughs> just constantly grabbing stuff out of his hands. And I suppose that's the same thing, isn't yeah. it? It's that you could just let him eat everything off the yeah. floor and he'd probably figure out actually most yeah, of the stuff. You'll learn eventually, nice. Yeah, you'll eventually, yeah. But yeah, we're probably better off just stopping it going <laughs> in the mouth in the first place. Um, to go back, I suppose, to our original point, Stu, do you, do you see yourself turning into your dad? I mean, you know, we've talked a bit like about it. this. It doesn't sound like you see yourself turning into the sort of dad your dad was. You know, no. You know your children's middle names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, For now. For yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Give it time. Yeah. I don't think I will. Um, I've kind of, I've specifically picked a job where I work mm. at home. 
I can knock off sort of mid-afternoon, so I've always got the afternoon with the kids. Um, and yeah, I think it's going back to how I see myself. It's a, uh, parenting, being a father, is a much bigger part of my identity than it was for my dad. Mm. Um, so I don't think so. I don't think I'll turn into him. How about you? Do you? Can you? Your dad was a plumber. Yeah. So he sounds like he's going to be hands-on, DIY, fix it, oh, yeah. shelves, up they go, doesn't need anyone to come around and do it. How are you? Like, I will watch three YouTube tutorials on how to do it and then call a bloke in. Yeah. Me uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even own a drill, right? That's the type of thing you're not supposed to admit as a man. I don't oh, even own a drill. Two. I don't even own one. I can give you one, Rich. I don't want it. Well, I will know. pay a man. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, uh, my first... My last birthday was like less than two months after my mum died, and he had to, he, he suddenly he was in charge of birthdays. He was never in charge of birthdays. He got me a garden spade, so he's clearly he's just going. He's this is what it's going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. For rest of well, his life or my life, he's just going to go through find my flaws as a man and just yeah. fix them. So garden spade this year. Uh, next, I don't know what it'll Home be. Homebrew kit. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he's going to drive in lessons. Equip a shed yeah. for you, basically. Yeah. Over the years, between birthdays so. and Christmases, this you is suddenly have a, a fully equipped shed. Yeah. Well, that's fine. That, that, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I would like to be that sort of man. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't kid myself. I am the least practical bloke in the world. I can't do it. I, I mean, if I try and put up some shelves, the wall will come down. So I'll have a go. I, have a, I give it a go, but then my wife says to me, "Well, you you could do it." She said, "You'll end up getting stressed, yeah. and it won't turn out quite how you want it to be." Mm. I'm sure you can do it, though. <laughs> guiding, that's nice. that's as you pats nice. you on yeah. the head, guiding me towards. Okay, <laughs> should we just phone Tim the handyman? Yeah. Let's just phone. <laughs> let's get Tim let's phone Tim the handyman. Tim's up. I'll transfer some money today into Tim's account. <laughs> <laughs> put some window locks on. Um, after I put them on, they're in the wrong place. We got our painter who happened to paint. I was painting some wardrobes for us, and we asked him to do it. He put them in the wrong place. So this is the third time I did oh, flag no. up. We've both been briefed by you, Zoe, and we've both put them in the wrong place. <laughs> so perhaps make sure that <laughs> yeah. clear on the brief. Yeah, Tim, round in future. I'm yeah, not sure I'm even that good at getting men in to do okay. stuff. I got last year. Someone knocked on my door and went, "Your roof looks dodgy. Do you want us to fix it?" I was like, "Yeah, go on then." <laughs> And I wrote a column about it for The Guardian. I've never had so many comments being like, what? You don't tell men who come to your door that they can just do whatever they want to your house. That does seem like, I have to say, even as somebody who struggles with this type of thing myself, I'm not sure if someone knocked on my door and said, do you want me to rebuild really your front stupid. wall? I'd go, yeah, that's go something. Then. That's actually probably something I got from my dad. He's so gullible. Uh, he, okay. once, he once came home. Someone stopped him in a Tesco car park and sold him a DVD player and he was like we've got a DVD player look at this I've got you a DVD player and we opened it up and it was an old VHS player that had its cables cut off with a pair of scissors so uh, they must have just been some switcheroo in the car park so yeah mate, that's the one thing I've got from my dad yeah no I think I'm, I'd like to think I've got some stuff from my dad I used to think that I was like my dad because he was quite a calm you know relaxed mm. presence but I'm increasingly realise I'm stressy uh, yeah. But I don't know where that comes from. I think maybe it might, maybe it was the time that I knew my dad. Yeah, that period an older of man. his life, he was calmer. It, and I also do remember talking to him about him being in the war when he was in because he fought in the Second World yeah. War. He was in the Far East as a, with the Royal Marines, and he said he told me the story that he remembered his friends were dying around him, thinking to himself, "If I get out of this." I'm not going to worry about anything. And that 
was the way that he seemed to wow, be after that. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. wait. But, you know, from a good point. So, you know, we had a very messy garage that was, you know, never tidied up. He'd start DIY jobs and never really finish them. There would be work in process. He wasn't worried. He wasn't in a rush. Yeah. And I think that's, if I could, hopefully, if I could take mm. a bit of that from my dad, just to kind of like go, right, just... Yeah. Pause. That's great. It's a nice thing I, to remind yourself yeah, of, because yeah. you know, I always I, get het up and I'm everything's like the most I, important I, thing in the world. I sweat the small yeah. stuff and that, that it, it can get... And I, I've often found that, particularly as a dad, the big stuff... I feel like that's where I come into my own a little bit. Like Ben, um, our boy, he's had two two operations at Great Ormond Street. And what was remarkable, because as anyone who knows me knows, I tend to get quite aggro and flustered and flip off the handle about yeah. very, very tiny little things. Ben being in hospital for two quite big surgeries, I was calm as a coma all the way through. I was really talking calmly to doctors, nurses, what's going on. Da, da. And I felt like that was sort of my wheelhouse in a weird sort of way. Mm, right. Whereas... Ben developing a squawk at home which he knows just irritates me <laughs> I will go I will lose my mind I will have to leave the house because I'm ready to scream at him <laughs> and I'll have to walk out but somehow him being going under general anaesthetic my concern there is making sure my wife's alright yeah. is he okay do we know what's going on with the doctors do, do, do. and it's all and it's a kind of weird little thing and I suppose that goes back to what your dad mm. was saying about you know the big stuff yeah, yeah. and the little stuff yeah the other things I've been hearing from my dad are when a new item of clothing is purchased for the house, I inspect the washing instructions. <laughs> oh, really? Because my dad, where he was retired, he used to do the washing at home. Yeah. And obviously been briefed by my mum to look at the washing instructions. So I used to come oh. home with like a new jumper and he used to look at the back, like he'd rub the cloth between his hands to see the quality. And then he'd look at the instructions and go, dry clean only. You can you strike clean only. <laughs> and I find myself doing that when Zoe buys something, my wife. And then what, yelling up the stairs. It's saying, bloody dry clean it's only, dry clean Zoe. Only. <laughs> it's just, you've got dry clean only. Um, <laughs> I can envisage that. You're yelling up the stairs yeah. in distress. And also, For God's sake. My, my love of food and eating. I remember uh, my dad getting, uh, when there was some nice food on the way, getting quite like an anticipation, excited by it. Mm. And I do. And actually, Jackson does it. Jackson's like does this thing like a little lizard when there's, he's hungry he's asked for food and it's coming his tongue goes in and out very quickly <laughs> like he's you know preparing yeah. for food and I think that's that's we, 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 he's copied that off me and I've probably copied it off <laughs> my dad I think the thing I'm sitting here as you're talking about that and wondering what have I taken from my dad and I think what I'd like to think I've taken from my dad is a sort of level of dependability Mm. Like in the sense that my dad, we—I don't suppose we had—we've had that many genuine heart-to-hearts over the years. My dad's yeah. always been very interested in what's going on. He always are every time, you know, ever since. Going to be interested in this podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ever, ever since I was little at school, I, you know, I know my dad would always ask, right, what's going on? What are you doing at school? And you know, when I was at uni, and then when I got my job, how's work? And he's always been very curious. And we haven't had a lot of really big heart-to-heart emotional chats necessarily over the years because he's not necessarily that sort of bloke. But one thing I've always known is that he's always going to be there. But like, I've never had any yeah. doubt in my mind at all. And I suppose no matter how stressy things get at home and how much I'm wanting to fly, or do fly off the handle on occasion, um, I know in my own mind that there is nothing, that, I mean, there's literally nothing that could make me walk away mm. from my wife and child. Like, I know that would that's not even an option, do you know mm. what I mean, regardless of what were to happen. Um, and I think that is something because I, I know I could say the same thing about my two brothers as well and the way are they, they the way they are with their wife and kids so I think that 
is something I've definitely inherited from my dad and actually as, as kind of inherited traits go that is not a bad one to have yeah that's yeah. a good one to, that's a good one to yeah. have going back to your thing actually you just reminded me of, uh, would I like to turn out like my dad he came with me to the Isle of Wight for this walk Okay, oh, and I I, it was it took me 26 hours to finish and halfway round the backs of my shoes were given out I had this horrible blister I was going to give up at uh, the halfway point and my dad had just sort of surprised me he was just waiting for me at the checkpoint and he was amazing he taught me he sort of he did like, all the tactics he bullied me a little bit into yeah, carrying yeah, on yeah. he's reassured me coach yeah he was so dependable yeah. and uh, if I can be if I can have just a handful of moments like that with my kids then that would be fantastic yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I have to go back to The Sopranos again and say there are, slightly troublingly, I have, as a sort of slightly separate paternal role model, Tony Soprano, to an extent. Now, I'm not suggesting I'm going to go and start joining the Mafia and um, committing murders or anything like that, but there, there are certain moments in The Sopranos where you think, and I, I, I am a proper Sopranos geek, mm. but I go back to this one scene on several occasions where it's him and his family sitting around having dinner and there's a storm going on outside and there's a blackout and they've got candles up and he does this little speech to his kids about how if you're lucky you'll remember the little moments and he says because he says about how this isn't a big deal yeah, but, you yeah. know, that, that's the type of vibe but this is just us sitting around having dinner it comes back to me where I think actually yeah because there are times when I'm just sitting down having dinner and we just recently started having wife and him and we're just having a chat as we're sitting having dinner and you think actually yeah this is kind of what it's about it's not mm. necessarily about the big stuff those memories your present your, your dad so you have mm. to be there for yeah. it yeah yeah you know? that that's, seems yeah. to be the bottom of our kids mm. um, uh, I guess that's what I mean being a good that conclusion in a few different episodes I think with different guests we've had on and different things subjects we've been talking about and we always end up that sounds like a good that sounds like a good night in which to end good night in which to end <laughs> I like this yeah. talking about our dads yeah, talking about being dads slightly different rather it's than good. not so much talking about ourselves talking about some other people for once it's yeah. nice um, Stu, not giving you a voice over <laughs> anyway yes yeah. Rich you were saying Stu uh, thanks very much for coming in um, pleasure do you want to do you want to plug anything um, Go on, tell uh, people sure. to buy your book. Yeah, yeah, buy my book. That's the most important <laughs> one. It's called Don't Be a Dick, Pete. It's still on sale. It's coming out in paperback in uh, like three weeks or something. I, I would I would maintain it's the best title of a book I've ever heard in my life. Don't Be a Dick, Pete. Pete yeah. being your brother. We Pete's my brother. And it's a book about my family. I haven't yeah. talked about this. There's quite a lot in about my dad, a lot in about my mum, and how we all sort of Great. smash into each other. Yeah. And you've got a podcast. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. A parenting podcast called <laughs> The Naughty Step with me and my wife. Uh, it's very good. It's the only conversation we have pretty much all week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the strap yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah the it should be. You're listening to our one meaningful discussion that we have that isn't just about bin bags on appies. That's a good tip, actually. Have a get, get a podcast with your wife, and that way at least yeah. you will have one proper conversation <laughs> a week. Yeah, not a bad tip, that. No. Um, right. On that note, um, thanks again to Stu for coming in. Thanks to everybody for listening, and um, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>